This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. You're listening to episode 156. Ah, uh, have you seen the gas prices lately? Of the In Between podcast, where you'll discover the tools to build a marriage and family that you love. My name is Daniel M. And I'm Christina M. All right, seriously though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, have you actually seen the yeah. gas prices? Those are numbers that I never thought should be put together. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, Daniel, do you remember at the start of the pandemic when gas prices were so affordable? Oh, yeah, we just didn't have anywhere to go. Yeah. I know. Yeah, I remember thinking, can we just go fill up our car and drive around just so I can see that it costs less than forty dollars to fill up my tank? Yeah, I know. And for my car, I was like twenty dollars. Can you imagine a motorcycle? Motorcycle might be like three dollars. Yeah, I know. And now it's ninety dollars over a hundred dollars, and yeah, very very more than double the cost, right? Exactly. Well, the rising costs of gas, groceries, and pretty much everything you need in life. Are you feeling the strain like we are? Well, today we're so thankful to be talking with Bob and Linda Lotick. Oh, is that how you say their last name? I sure hope so. If we said it wrong, I truly L- apologize. L-O-T-I-C-H. Yes. yes. Bob and Linda, I am so sorry. If we, we actually forgot to get that checked out. Yeah. So I apologize. We're just apologize. having so much fun. I know, hanging, I know. Talking I'm about Nashville. So yeah. Exactly. Well, we're going to talk to them about the honest question, finances are killing my marriage. What do I do? Y'all, this was an incredible episode. Right from the get-go, you hear about Bob finding himself at his breaking point in his early 20s, overwhelmed by debt, stranded a thousand miles from home with only $7 to his name. Mm -hmm. Like, it is compelling. Like, I just wish we could keep the episode going like exactly. we just, we just didn't want to more and more about that yeah mm-hmm. bob and linda are the founders of seed time money and after crying out to god for wisdom and discovering a simple biblically inspired formula he reached a level of financial freedom he never dreamed of possible yo he paid off his house by age 31 mm-hmm. and they reached a personal goal of giving away a million dollars by age 40 yeah and i don't even think incredible. they're i think they're in their for, well by age 40 so they must be in their 40s <laughs> right. right i mean yeah it's crazy well, for the last 14 years, Bob and Linda have shared their lessons with over 50 million readers and listeners on their award-winning website, podcast, and courses. We will link to all of that in our show notes in between.org slash episode 156. Bob and his wife, Linda, they live in Franklin, Tennessee with their three beautiful children. Let's jump in, y'all. Well, Bob and Linda, we're so glad to have you on our podcast today. Yeah, yeah. thank you, guys. We're, we're excited, excited to be, be here. here. We're honored to be here. Excited to chat. Yeah, yeah. It's special that there's the there's the Nashville connection going on exactly. here too. Yeah. So yeah. there's a lot of restaurants and people and everything down there that the kids and uh, and us are like, oh, we should go visit. We should go back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, soon and yeah. very soon. <laughs> yes. Well, we would love to hear about your journey with money. Uh, Bob, you mentioned on your website that you've reached a level of financial freedom that you never dreamed possible. 
paying off a house by age 31, what? and even reaching Goodness. a personal goal of giving $1 million away by age 40. So tell us the truth. Yeah. Are you a trust fund kid? Oh, is that how you did it, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the story wouldn't be that interesting if that was the case. But, um, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm someone who, you know, in both of us, like this is our journey, really, uh, who has just been able to stand back and watch God do some really, really crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like where I come from, this doesn't happen. Like, you know, yeah. for both of us, Absolutely. like growing up, we didn't know anybody who paid off their house, like let alone that young in life. Uh, you know, and we can get a little bit more into this wherever you want to take this conversation. But in terms of that giving goal, like, you know, if you would have asked me that 10 years ago, it's like, I would have been like, there's no way ever, never. Like, it just seems so <laughs> impossible. But right. it's just been really cool um, as we've kind of yielded to where the Lord's led us down some kind of crazy paths. Uh, we've gotten to see him do some things that are, yeah, they've just been mind blowing. And it's yeah. been mm. really fun to be on the journey with him and just watch what he's doing. Yeah. Well, why don't you, I know all of our podcast families like, okay, come on, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> How'd give us it? yeah how'd you do it like what <laughs> give us a little bit more story so yeah why don't you guys share a bit more of your story so that our podcast family gets yep. to know the two of you and just a little bit into um yeah how that's even possible great all right so let's yep. go back yeah. let's go back okay um we'll go back to i don't know maybe when i'm 20 okay so well, my kind of journey started when i was 20 because i was just a complete mess financially um basically living off of a credit card in a city <laughs> you know, a thousand miles from where we are here. Uh, didn't know anyone. I find myself, my car is breaking down on the side of the road, um, you know, right next to this minor league ballpark. Everybody's driving by staring at me. I'm having this moment. And I, and at this point, I thought I was really good at managing money, you know, mm-hmm. and I would have told you if you would ask me, hey, you good at management? I would have said yes, you know, but, <laughs> but it clearly wasn't the case because the car breaking down was one thing. But as I'm sitting in this car, I'm starting to freak out. I'm having my freak out moment because... I'm thinking of what's going to happen next. Like the reason I was driving was because I had to take my paycheck that I just picked up, my really small paycheck to the bank so that I could then go pay my landlord. Rent was due in three hours and everything was going to work out fine. But now if my rent was going to be late, then I was going to have to pay a $50 late charge, which I didn't have because my paycheck was so small, it barely covered the rent payment. And so I'm sitting in this car trying to figure out how do I get this car towed to a place, get it fixed, and then get this check over to here and then over to there all in the next three hours. And I could see my whole financial life like kind of crumbling down around me mm-hmm. as I'm sitting in the car that day. And it was when I, you know, out of this kind of freak out thing, I'm like, God, I need help. Like, cause what I've been doing hasn't been working. And I've honestly right. been pretty cocky and arrogant and thought I had it figured out. Did a lot of the things that I heard whatever experts in the world teach me about money and it wasn't working. And so I'm like, God, if you have a better plan, a better path, like I'm ready to listen. Mm. And so that was kind of the point for me where things just kind of kicked off and started. And so I came from a complete mess, you know, and you were pretty I, messy. Too. I had a huge mess too. I mean, I was living in my parents' house, right? Like I'm 20, whatever, 21. And I actually had bill collectors calling me. Okay. Like what bills did I even have? Like I just had a credit <laughs> card that I just clearly was... I, I wasn't just messing up. Like I was spending way more than what I was making and I hmm. was putting stuff on my credit card. And then when it came time to pay the bill, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have enough money to pay it, the bill because I've already spent it all on Starbucks and eating lunch and, you know, whatever else. Right. Um, and I, I was like 
yeah, it was pretty embarrassing, but I, I remember praying because I mean, I, you guys, I was terrible in math all of my life. And I remember praying and asking God, like, God, could you just please let me marry someone who's good at math? <laughs> it's nice. so funny because Bob really Love is it. very good at math. That's even what I'm though, good for, guys. Even though we were like, not great with finances, I was like, I need to marry someone who's good at math. But in my head, I was saying, God, I need someone who can help me with my financial mess. That was what my right. the cry of my heart. Yeah. And <clears throat> along came Bob. The answer to my prayer is my knight in shining armor. So back to your <laughs> original question, um, trust from babies, no. We, no. we did not have a great <laughs> Um, and so that was kind of where we started. Um, and yeah, I mean, I can keep going from here if you want to interject, whatever you tell me thinks best. <laughs> yeah, well, I would love to hear, and I'm sure our podcast family, their wheels are turning too. So both of you were saying, hey, we didn't come from um, a pampered lifestyle in our background yeah. and yeah. Uh, families. And then both of y'all had your own credit card debt issues with paying rent, so on and so forth. And then uh, did you both have those issues and then get married and bring those issues together? Or did you have it kind of sorted out? Because I think a lot of us, maybe that's how we feel, Linda, is I want to marry someone who's better at finances than I am so that they can take care of me and sort things out. But what if you marry someone or fall in love with someone who isn't great at finances? Then what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, what do you want to answer? Yeah. I mean, well, where we were when we came together at the time I, here's what I did. So when Bob and I got engaged, I knew that he was a few steps ahead of me and that he was starting to get his finances in order. Like I, mm-hmm. he, he was talking about it a good bit. And when we got engaged, I was like, I need to get myself in a, in a good position before we get married because, um, I, I, you know, I was a mess and I was kind of like, I don't really want to bring this into our marriage. Wait, you so, got, you got to tell him about the shoebox. So <laughs> there was an eye roll. There was an eye roll. Just for yes. those who can't see. <laughs> but okay. Wow. Well, let, let, let me I think finish. it's good just to give them. This. Okay. Fair let enough. me finish. With this. <laughs> well, what, I, what I did do is I asked my older brother for help. I was like, help me set up a plan because I knew I wanted to get out of debt, but I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's one of the, the biggest problems that people have. That was, this was my biggest problem is that I knew things were wrong, but I was refusing to ask for help because I was so ashamed. So the, right. the, my filing system mm-hmm. was a shoebox that I kept in my closet. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> and what was in the shoebox? A, a lot of credit card statements, some of them unopened, some of them, <laughs> you know. Okay. And so then we get engaged and we have the money talk. And then she slides this shoebox over to me <laughs> and I'm thinking, oh, what's in here? And I open it up. It's like, oh, okay. okay. There's credit card bills that haven't been opened that you got months ago. It's like, all right, this is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why I had debt collectors calling me, right? It's like, I, I just was, I was so unorganized. I didn't know how to organize it. Like that is not my, that's not my strong yeah. is that your natural gifting? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not my natural yeah. gifting. But for me... I, I just needed to ask for help. Like, I think that's what is so... And the mm. other thing is, I had no education about money. And mm. I think this is something that most people uh, are living with and walking through, even as grown adults with children, yep. is that no one... Like, they teach us about all these really weird things in school with concerning yeah. math that none of us remember. 
I don't remember yeah. what a parallelogram is or why I need to know about it. <laughs> it's true. But I had to learn it. I don't yeah. remember because it's yeah. not apl- applicable to my everyday yeah. life. Right. Mm-hmm. Finances are. And so for us to receive no education about how to manage our own money, walking into adulthood is really kind of a bummer because you're like, yeah. well, now I've, you know, I've got to do all this adulting and I don't know and how to got, do yeah. it. And I don't know what figure the heck it I'm doing. As we're yeah. going. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway. So, yeah. I mean, I, to me, it was like what I needed was I needed, I needed someone to teach me what to do. Right. Hmm. And right. I, I think that's the answer for most people is like, it is not embarrassing if you've never had any education about a subject to learn about it as an adult. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But why do we feel like that about money? It's like, yeah. we just yeah, need to right. learn more stuff about money so that we can manage it properly. And it, it's like, we take a hold of our life and we, we tell our money where it's going to go instead of it telling us yeah. what we're going to do. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, I love how, uh, Linda, you were even talking about the shame aspect of it because that's mm-hmm. what it is, right? When yeah. we feel shameful about something, we want to hide it. We want to yeah. put you know, credit card statements in the shoebox and not talk about it and try to you know, exactly. avoid phone calls from the debt collectors. But right. when we shine light into it, when we yeah. ask for help from God, from other people who maybe are further than us in our finances, in other mm-hmm. situations as well, that's really when healing and uh, truth can come out of that. So I love, thank you so much for talking about that because I do feel like that is a big issue of just feeling shame with, and that's why we're talking about it, right? So I would love to hear as well, how did y'all go from hiding things in shoeboxes to giving away a million dollars? And also (laughs) what, what's the why behind that too? Yeah. So, uh, you know, like you're just talking about, um, this whole shame thing and asking for help. Like, I think one of the biggest, like if we step back and take the big picture, like one of the things that we're really trying to preach, like the thing that I, you know, is I feel like one of our life's message when it comes to money, like I see so many people who either do the practical things with money, the wise things, like whatever, trying to stay out of debt or whatever, or then, and, and I'm speaking kind of really of the church. I see that mm-hmm. a lot, but then I see a lot of other people on the other side where it's like, they don't do any of that, but they pray and they ask God for miracles and they yeah. believe God for miracles and they have faith to see financial miracles. Mm. And unfortunately, I feel like there's this great divide where it's like mm. so many people fall into one category or the other right. and we're missing out because yeah. when you do both of those together, when you apply the biblical wisdom of how to manage money, the Bible talks about money so much and there's so much wisdom in Proverbs and Ecclesiastes about money. Um, when we apply that and then we also uh, are in faith and we ask God for help to pay off debt because I believe God actually wants to see his people out of debt. I believe it's something mm. that he gets really excited mm-hmm. about, mm. you know, or whatever the financial goal is. Um, when we combine those two things, there's something that happens. And we have seen this with, you know, our readers and listeners over and over and over again. We've seen this in our own life that when you combine those two things, like, I don't know, it's like God just steps in and you see things move faster. And I, and I think fundamentally that was like, the, the high level of kind of what helped us get to some right. of these crazy things that we're talking about, like paying off our house that early and giving away a million dollars. Um, but kind of coming back to the why behind all this, mm-hmm. like when we got married or when we were dating, mm-hmm. like I remember we'd sit in our car, like after church, we had a Friday night service at our church. Mm-hmm. And we'd sit in one of our cars and we would just talk for hours. Um, 
because it was all we could do. We didn't want to go home. We wouldn't hang out. And one of the things we would always talk about um, that always came up was we both had this desire in our hearts to be big givers. Like we wanted to mm. give away millions of dollars. And, mm-hmm. and at that point, like it was kind of like laughably funny or a joke <laughs> that we would even be saying that. When the we debt so, collectors are calling you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we were such a mess, but it was a seed that God had kind of planted in our heart, this desire. And, mm. um, and so anyway, so the million dollar thing, it's just, it's an arbitrary number, but it's, it's a mile marker on a journey yeah. of what God has done that well, we get to celebrate together, you know? And I think, I think everyone has this desire to be able to help other people because it gives you a sense of purpose, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, ours looks, this is what ours looks like. Like, this is not what everyone's journey looks like, I don't think. I think he puts different things in different people yeah. so that we can become the body of Christ and fulfill a whole bunch of different roles that need to be filled. Right. Um, but I do think that there is something in everyone that says, well, you know, uh, you find out a friend's husband just died and they have a bunch of kids and you want to be able to give towards that. Or mm-hmm. you see what's going on in Ukraine and Russia and all this stuff. And you're like, how can I help that? Or any number yeah. of things going on in the world, both personal with like a person that you see or meet mm-hmm. and then just global problems. Right. So yeah. I, I feel like we all have that thing that says, I want to be able to help somehow. You know, yeah. and I, I think that that's like the why behind this is that we know everyone has that, like God puts that in our hearts for a reason. Mm-hmm. And our goal is to help people figure out how to put these two things together of praying and believing God for things that maybe you can't do on your own. But also let's get some knowledge, let's get some education and start making better decisions and better choices. And when those two things come together, it's like, then we can be the church. Yeah, right. yeah, completely. Yeah. Well, you know, our, I know there are many who are listening right now who are like, okay, this is awesome. I have that dream. I have that desire in my heart mm-hmm. too, to be generous and to give. But with inflation and the price of gas and groceries, I'm yeah. f- and I haven't gone a cost of living adjustment in years. And I don't know yeah. what is ha- like every year just seems like mm-hmm. it's less and less money. I don't know how to deal with all of it. I just need to figure that out before I can give. Uh, what would you say to people who think that way, who are like, I need to figure all that out first, or even just give us some nuts and bolts of how you guys, obviously not everything, but you know, we only have another 15 or so minutes, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, just give us a sense, uh, some advice for those who are listening and in, in those, in, in that situation. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would, like, I, I remember that, like, I mean, yeah. Like I remember going I to the gas really station. Too. I remember going to the gas station and putting like three dollars in the gas tank because that was all we have. And like yeah. mm-hmm. I remember when we first got married, like I would fast meals because our grocery budget was forty dollars a week. He was fasting. He like, was like, I'm gonna pay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. I love it. Yeah, but my point is like I remember that pain. Yeah. Like I remember that that challenge and that difficulty. And I remember being in that situation, having this desire to give. A, a lot and really to be able to take care of my family and my my new wife and like wanting to provide her like i remember having all these desires and having the the reality not painted the way that i wanted it and the thing i would say is um almost everything god does you know and i, I can't i don't know if i can say everything but like almost everything god does starts really small it starts mm. with a seed 
you know, and that's why we named our website Seed Time. It's like this idea that God does things. He starts these really big things with this tiny little thing. And so when it comes to giving, like, I think it starts with giving. You know, and it starts mm. with in that direction. And you know, Second Corinthians nine is a great chapter to read about giving. And you know, in the entire chapter, it's talking, it's using farming and sowing as an analogy, you know, for our giving. And you know, and Paul says, um, uh, if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. If you sow bountiful, bountifully, you're going to reap bountifully. And this is just one of those things that I feel like when you start, when you kick the ball off, when you when you get the ball going. Um, I don't know. It just seems like something starts kicking in motion. It moves faster yeah. than you ex- expect, than you think. Mm-hmm. And so um, that was something that we did. And so getting like real specific on one thing that, uh, mm-hmm. and again, I'm not giving this as financial advice. This is just what the Lord led us to do. But mm-hmm. when we were in that situation, we were paying off a whole bunch of debt. Uh, I remember like, I, you know, I'm the numbers nerd. I'm the spreadsheet guy. <laughs> I had it all mapped out. I'm like, honey, we're going to be able to pay off our debt in three and a half years. Okay. I have it all labeled out. This is how much we pay each month and blah, 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 blah. And somewhere along this line, Linda comes to me like all fired up and she's like, that's it. I mean, do you want to just tell them? Yeah. I, I kind of got this, this thing where it felt like we were more afraid of our debt. We were afraid. It was like, we were afraid of being in our debt. And are in debt. And and I was like, we we have been focusing so much attention on this that I feel like the Lord is actually asking us to give more. So I think we should give an additional 10%. And this Bob was like, you know, we were driving at the time and he I could see his eyes. Like, you know, right the, <laughs> the thing. So the, Mike, the you're throwing a wheel. wrench in my debt payoff plan but here, on you. He was like <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, okay, let's just let's just look at the numbers. Like so uh, what was great about him is that he said, "Let's just look." Okay? That's it. That was all mm. he promised to do. He didn't say yes, he didn't say no. He just said, "Let's look." And he was like, "I I think if we do this and this, but it's going to, you know, take away from paying off this debt." And I was like, "I think we're supposed to do this." Wow. Um, and we did and, and we paid the debt off like 2 years faster. Even mm. after increasing the giving, which and it's just not. And when stuff like that happens, it's like that's huh. not how it's supposed to be, right? Right. That's, like, that's not, not spreadsheet math, math for yeah. you. Yeah, that's no, not no. Math. That's, that's like not kingdom math. math. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you know, and we just had many little instances like that where um, I don't know where things just don't make sense, and we're doing the counterintuitive thing. Uh, you know caused us to move out of that situation faster. And so, you know, and so my encouragement isn't necessarily to do that when you're paying off debt, but to follow wherever the Lord's leading and listen to mm-hmm. and yeah. obey. And not to be afraid of it because yeah. oftentimes the thing that you're praying for is on the other side of your obedience to something that maybe doesn't make sense or you think yep. will never help or never work or whatever. It's like I, if you just listen, I I I really believe that God has strategy for everybody. Um, mm-hmm. for their specific situation. Like there's there's definitely general stuff that is a good idea for everybody. But I often right. think that there's there's even these tiny little things of like, hey, just give an extra 10%. It's like, well, that doesn't really make any sense. Mm-hmm. But okay, if, if, if I'm getting that feeling that we're supposed to do that and he says that it is even possible, like, let's just try it. Like, I mean, right. I think it's great. Like we've even done this a couple of times where I'm like, I feel like the Lord's leading us to do this. This doesn't make any sense, sense but let's do it for two months. And it, and it, and if we're not seeing any kind of difference, if, if this mm-hmm. is really making things worse, then we'll stop. 
but let's just yeah. try it for two months yeah. to see what happens. Like, let's mm. give God a chance to actually perform the miracle that we've been praying for him to do. Yeah. The wait is over. Find out what happens in the thrilling conclusion of the 12th Dead Sea Squirrels book, Babylon Breakout. Hi, I'm Mike Naraki, co-creator of VeggieTales, voice of Larry the Cucumber, and author of The Dead Sea Squirrels. Get ready for more daring rescues and hilarious jokes as Merle and Pearl and their animal friends embark on a ridiculous mission to bust the kidnapped Gomez family out of Babylon, a Bible-themed amusement park with talking animals. Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends and will learn all about biblical life lessons such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books. Available wherever books are sold. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, I love how you're talking about, Linda, you were saying this is what you you sensed God speaking to you, and then you brought it to Bob, and Bob didn't, like, shut you down right away, right? Maybe he wanted to in the moment, but he was like, well, let's just look. (laughs) And I think the curiosity piece is so key, and then you were saying also, you know, let's just, we're not saying this is a forever thing. Let's try it and see uh, what happens. And so it's kind of a a way of if it doesn't work out, then we can go back to or try something new. For uh, couples who are listening and maybe one of them is like, yeah, this is a great idea. I want to try giving 10%. And then the other, they bring it to the spouse and the other spouse is like, nope, this, nope, nope, nope. And this becomes an issue of contention. Uh, Do you have any advice for podcast listeners who maybe? Uh, stepping into that situation or already in that situation? So, well, you you want us to go? Yeah, I mean, I do. I think you need to be in agreement. I don't think mm-hmm. it works if you're not in agreement. I don't think if mm-hmm. it works if I would have gone behind Bob's back and, you know, well, right. more likely it would have been him going behind my back because he sees everything. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but I don't think that it, I don't think it's the same if you're not in unity in your marriage. Like, I think that's right. where the power is, is when, uh, the, the, I, I think God makes us a team together. Yeah. And when we mm-hmm. push things forward together, that's when you see really great things happen. And when you're pulling against each other, like that's just, that's just putting strife into your marriage, right? Like that's not mm-hmm. following God. Cause this is the, the marriage is the thing that's the most important. Right. And I right. think he'll work out the other details. I mean, yeah. what do you think? No, yeah. I mean, and I think the important thing to remember here is that God put you and your spouse together for a reason. Yeah. Like they are different mm-hmm. on purpose. It's not because they're <laughs> wrong. It's not because yeah. God messed up and how he made them. Like you're together for a reason. And that was something that made such a huge difference for me because I'm the math guy. I see the spreadsheet and I'm like, this is right. This is how the budget should be. This is how we should be spending money. And my, and when we got married, it's like, you're wrong. I'm right. This is math. You know, like (laughs) it's just black and white, but God thankfully, you know, hit me upside the head and showed me and revealed to me a lot of her strengths and things that are actually weaknesses of mine. You know, one being just maybe enjoying life a little bit uh, and stuff (laughs) like that. And so I've grown in that. And this is something where, you know, I think both of us have improved, like where I've grown in respect for how she spends money and how she uses money. And it's like, and at the same time, she's done the same thing with me. And we found this middle balance where we both are better because of each other and because we've yeah. allowed each other to influence each other yeah. um, and yeah. how God created each other. So all that to say, um, for anybody in that situation, uh, I think the biggest thing is fight for unity. 
fight for mm-hmm. unity. Yeah. Wow. Um, and, and I know that's easier said than done. I know that in some situations, like I've talked to couples, you know, and we've been through some really difficult seasons mm-hmm. where that's just really, really hard, but mm-hmm. continue to pray, continue to do everything you can to uh, initiate conversations with your spouse, like look for opportunities to have these conversations. Because so often it's just like, let's just ignore it and not talk about it and push it. And right. it's like, it's not going to get better by doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so anyway, so hopefully that helps a little bit. No, for sure. I, I want to return to what you mentioned before this gap, right? These two different views, there's the wisdom yeah. of yep. finances in the scripture, and then there's the faith aspect, mm-hmm. right? So there are these two pieces to hold intention. And I'd love for you to address that. But just before you do that, um, it's interesting, we probably have some uh, listeners listening in who are just on a lot of different places in regards to their relationship or um, who they know God to be. Mm-hmm. And yep. when we open up the scriptures, we see that God is not a uh, spite-filled, venge-filled, angry sort of God. No, God is a generous, loving, mm-hmm. good father who says, hey, if, if my child asks for bread, I'm not going to give them a stone. Yeah. Right, and we and we read even in that beautiful prayer from Jesus, he says he he teaches us to pray, give us today our daily bread, mm-hmm. and we are. I mean, we're not going to share our side of this because you know we're interviewing you guys, but <laughs> but we agree with you. We agree that as we trust Jesus with our every single uh, every single aspect of our life, including our finances, mm-hmm. right? The Lord is good. God yeah. is generous. He is faithful. He is such a good God. But it's interesting because there's a lot of people inside and outside the church where they just, money becomes God for them. And I love how Mm -hmm. Tim Keller talks about it. He's like, when a good thing becomes an ultimate thing, right, That that's when it becomes an idol. And money is a good thing that God has given us, Mm -hmm. but it can't be an ultimate thing. Mm -hmm. And for many people, money has become that. Um, and, and that's why sometimes we have some odd views about it. So we'd love for you just to share from that perspective, like what does it look like to bridge that gap, to have a healthy biblical view, to understand the wisdom and discernment of finances, what the scriptures say about that, but then also um, where God says, test me, <laughs> right? And and this sowing and reaping principle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think the thing that has helped me the most is just understanding that it's it's not mine and that I'm mm. just a manager, I'm just a steward. And, you know, yeah. we've all heard this, that, you know, we're stewards, but, but when you actually get that and you actually understand, like, and so one of the things that we did, a lot of people track their net worth um, to just see, you know, how much money they have in the bank account and all this stuff. And, and that's a really good financial exercise and I, and I recommend it. But one of the things that we did is we changed the name. Like we don't call it our net worth because I, I don't like that term for a variety of reasons, but, but we changed it to assets under management because that's mm. more accurate description of what it is. It's like yeah, the money in our bank account that God has entrusted us to manage for this short time while we're on the earth, mm-hmm. you know, or the, you know, and this could be anything like we're stewards of a lot of things, our time, our kids and whatever else. But, but mm. our money is one of those things as well. And so when we view that, like, you know, so all the money that we have, it's his, uh, his assets under our management. And so if he says, go do this, like we need to do that. Because it's not ours. Right. And if we're right. you know, tight-fisted and clinging to it because this is mine and this is my retirement fund and blah, 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 blah. How dare you, God, ask me? It's like, it's all his. He's entrusting yeah. us. And if we're that you know, five-talent steward who he can mm. uh, hand it to and trust that we're going to do whatever he says with it or do something with it, 
then you know, I think he tends to multiply it. You know, mm. in many cases I've seen, so that they have more to manage and deal with. Yeah. And so that's what I want to be when I grow up. That's what I'm <laughs> striving for and constantly right. moving towards. But that perspective of understanding that I am a manager, it's all his, mm-hmm. and I need to yeah. obey wherever he's leading. Like that has helped me a lot with that. Do you have anything you want to yeah. add? Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I feel like we've talked a lot about is that we view money as a tool. Like yeah. instead it's not of a goal. It's, it's not being a, goal. a goal. It's a tool. It's just a tool to get things done, which is really what it is, right? It's like, right. we need a house. Let's go get a house. We need a place to live. Okay. We need a car. We need, we need to eat food. Let's do that. But if we can use it as a, or if we can see it as a tool also to fulfill our purpose, that changes how we spend it, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So it, it, it's a tool. So no longer am I going to use all, all of my tool to do one thing. I'm no longer going to use all of my tool to buy a home when I actually have to eat also, right? Mm. Yeah. Right. And I'm no longer going to use it all on myself if it is actually to benefit others as well. If it's to mm. start this business, if it's to get a home for my uh parent of my my mother-in-law because you know her husband passed away and she needs to live with us now or we need to start help paying her bills or whatever the thing may be like it is a tool to get that job done yeah Mm. Mm. yeah i love that the tool like i'm just thinking a swiss army knife (laughs) like the the multi-purpose tool that it's needed for so many different things and uh but the maybe the way that you've been using it is only for one aspect. Maybe it needs to be used a little bit in a multifaceted tool way aspect. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So for our final question, y'all, I would love if you would touch on this because I know, I mean, stats show still that money is one of the top three uh, reasons for people who divorce. Maybe yeah. even higher now because there's a lot of financial stress going around yeah. around us. So for those of our podcast family who are courageous enough to ask you know, finances are killing my marriage. What do I do? Can you give our podcast family some some really pr- yep. practical advice yep. that has worked for y'all? Yeah. So first thing I'll say here is like I mentioned before, the unity component, fight for unity. Yeah. You know, we already touched mm-hmm. on that, so I won't go there. But as a really practical thing that I think everyone should do, um, you know, like we're talking about with this this idea of us being managers and uh, managers of what God has entrusted us with. Um, if we are going to be good managers, we have to know what's going on. Like you would mm-hmm. never hire a money manager. You would never hire someone to watch your kids if they have no idea what's going on. Like you right. want someone who's actually paying attention. So this is why I believe it's really important to know what's going on with our finances okay. and to actually mm-hmm. know how much we're spending on whatever each month. And so one of the practical exercises that I'm always recommending people do is go download an app like mint.com, personalcapital.com. They're both completely free. You can go in there, plug in your bank information, um, credit card information or whatever. And 15 minutes later, doing all this, you can know exactly how much you spent on groceries last month. You know, mm-hmm. um, you can know how much you spent eating out last month. You can know all these numbers, have them right in front of you. And what's great about this is having that information allows you to spot if there's a problem, if it's a trouble spot for you. Because we talk to people all the time who will tell us, yeah, I spend about $200 a month eating out. And then they do this exercise and like, oh, it's actually seven or $800. And it's so often that we think we spend this much, but we don't actually know. 
So that's yeah. why that exercise is so important. So anybody who's mm. not doing that, you need to start doing that. Trust mm -hmm. me, it's going to make a big difference. Hmm. Yep, mint.com users for I don't know how many years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, Linda, Get do you it. have anything that you uh, you'd like to add? Um, yeah, I mean, I I think fi the the fighting for unity piece I think is the biggest because that affects your whole marriage. And so, right. um, I I would say there needs to be a conversation about how you're going to have a conversation about money. Like mm. I think it, it yeah, needs to good. take a step back and go, okay, how can we talk about this without arguing? How can we talk yeah. about this without it becoming a problem? Um, because that's really what you're fighting for is your marriage. Right. Ultimately, like you're not, you're not fighting to see who's going to win. You're fighting to figure this out together. So mm. how can you do that? Maybe, you need to have some ice cream in there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. To yeah. Candy coat the whole thing. <laughs> um, look, we got we got little visitors. Okay, go. No, ahead. it's great. It's, it's great. Okay. I love seeing the kids in the yeah. background. Yeah, it's real life. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, the ice cream thing. I mean. Yeah, because yeah, Lynn is someone who that works so well for. Yeah. Totally, yeah. because you need to make it yeah. an enjoyable thing. That's true. So it's like yeah. have That's this, right. this pre-conversation of, okay, what's going to happen when we start getting heated? Like, how do we pull each other out of it so that we can have a conversation instead of just setting each other off with every mm. sentence we speak, you know? Right. Yep. Yeah, no, that's really, really wise. Uh, I've known some other couples who, when they feel like they're getting flooded or they feel like they're getting angry at each other or just too overwhelmed, uh, they have like a, a safe word or yeah. they have like a, you know, I, yeah. I, if I need five minutes during this conversation to step out and get some air, yeah. this is an agreement that we're, I'm coming back, but I just want to be able to think <laughs> for myself yeah. or calm myself down. And if you have those uh, boundaries in place before you have a tough conversation about finances or other things, then I think it'll go so much better because yeah. you're already coming from a ground of understanding each other. Yeah. 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 So. Well, and on top of that, uh, we, the way that we grew up seeing how money was dealt with or mm -hmm. not dealt with, talked mm -hmm. with, not talked with, right? All of that is in our our subconscious, right? I mean, it's, it's a part of who we are. So don't do what we did this one time where we were about to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, don't talk about this with, you know, right before you go to bed and one yeah. spouse has been thinking about this and wanting to bring it up. And the other is like, what is going on? We're talking about this. I just wanted I just, to go to bed. I just want to go to bed. Yeah. yeah agree. Agree upon a time. Because idea. we're all we all process differently, right? right. So that yeah. both spouses have time to mentally prepare and prepare their hearts to have mm -hmm. this conversation. But man, y'all are incredible. Um, this has been such a blessing to to connect with you guys. And you mm -hmm. talked about your website too. Uh, can you just talk to us a bit about um, what you guys do and 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 just the website yeah, and how and people connect? Yeah, exactly. Out and how people can connect with yeah. you? Yeah. So we it? just finished a book. Um, it's called <laughs> Simple Money. Simple Money Rich Life. Yeah, <laughs> these in the mail. We're very excited. Oh, that's yeah. really exciting yeah, to have it, it like a hard copy so, in your hands. <laughs> so yeah, so that's been our last three years is pouring everything we can into that book. Yeah, um, but yeah. but yeah, but we're also podcasters. We have a podcast, Seed Time Money, um, and yeah, and we're on Instagram. And yeah, we're just at doing seed time. Yeah, at Seed Time, okay. like a seed you plant in the ground. Um, mm -hmm. C E D T I M E. And yeah. Uh, yeah, and we're just doing everything we can to really 
you know, kind of like we talked about, it's like, I want to see everyone in the body of Christ thriving financially. Mm-hmm. So right. yes, we can take care of our families. We can do all this, but it's like, there's so much of the world that needs our help. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. and I'm a little bit offended that, you know, the richest five top 10, you know, or five or 10 people in the world, like they're not believers. And I, I think it should be the yeah. opposite. Like I want to mm. see super wealthy believers who can really use those resources to really impact the world. Yeah. And, um, but I think it only happens and you can only do it with the right heart posture when you understand that money's a tool and that you're a steward, because if you're chasing money just for money or just to be on the Forbes top 10 or whatever, it's like, I don't think that's the way to do it, but, but there's a way to do it right. And that's what we're after. Mm -hmm. So wonderful. Well, thank you, Bob and Linda for being on the podcast with us. Yeah. Yeah, Such an honor. Thank you guys. All right. Like we said before, I just wanted to keep on going. Oh, yeah. There were so many follow-up questions <laughs> I know, that I, I know. was like, no, I need to hear more of this, but we're running out of time. Yeah, And they didn't do the BBC thing. Yeah. Their kids did come in <laughs> at one point and... Bob and Linda, if you're listening to this outro, y'all did incredible. Yeah, just, just keep on going, <laughs> yeah, right? So that's right. The two things that I really uh, enjoyed them saying and that well, I will continue to think about is looking at money as a tool and not mm-hmm. a goal. Yeah. And so that it can be used in many different ways. And if both of y'all are in agreement, then it works out. Right. And also the other thing about that is fighting for unity, not fighting about money, fighting for unity in your marriage. I think those are really two points that will continue to sit with me. Yeah. And for me, it was that phrase assets under management Mm. instead of net worth. That's right. Because the net worth side of things does get to your identity. And and I know I didn't talk about this lie in the book, but you are not your money. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Right. So there is that side of it. But even just biblically speaking we are stewards we are we aren't owners but then to translate that into today's financial everyday speak even in our mint.com app we have a net worth uh trend line mm-hmm. that we see and it is one of those things and and if we're not careful yeah we can start thinking oh yeah this is my worth right and it always has is, to go up exactly or and or or else how do you feel so to actually see everything that you have as being assets under management rather than assets you own really is a compelling thought that I'm going to take away with. Mm-hmm. Well, for all the show notes and a link to their newest book, please go to inbetween.org slash episode 156. And we'll also be giving away three copies of their brand new book. So if you're like us and you're like, I want to hear more about this, I need a few more tools in my tool belt pick up one of their books or enter our giveaway. So maybe you'll get it for free. Awesome. Well, thanks again for listening in and we'll catch you next time.